can be the greatest song in all the world with the best words, but it really matters who's singing it. It really matters who's singing it. Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. Why meet on Sunday? I don't think it's a very long message. So I'll take my time and go as slow as possible. Amen. Just joking. <laughs> Got no less than that. <laughs> that was, <laughs> amen. Amen. What a few days it's been. What a few weeks it's been. Uh, but I pray that God will bless the next few moments. Amen. Why do we meet on Sunday? Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested, on, rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. What, what is the, the seventh day? Who can tell me? Saturday. It's Saturday. I remember, I don't know how old I was, but I remember, I was probably a lot older than I'd like to admit, when I realized that Sunday is not day seven. That's the first day of the week. Uh, quite, uh, th- that's like a this blow your mind moment, you know, as a child growing up, because that's just not how, you know, in our society, right, you work Monday through Friday, then you have Saturday and Sunday, we have this mentality, right, Sunday's the last day, it's just not, and I know we, we know that, uh, but uh, sure does uh, play a part in this message, amen. Uh, Brother Riley, I'd be honored if you'd open this message with a word of prayer, sir. There are some groups out there that say that we should worship on Saturday, as in Saturday is the Sabbath day, right? And we know that. And um, they would say that aren't Christians violating the Sabbath by worshiping on the first day of the week? Do the Seventh-day Adventists have it right? And we as Bible-believing Christians have it wrong? I started to study, and it just, it's just a small little study. It's a short little message, but uh, uh, I learned a few things in it. Um, the word Sabbath means seventh in Hebrew. I, I thought that was really interesting. It's not like they're saying, like the word Sabbath, it, yeah, it, it was the holy day, but it, it, it wasn't, I always re- reference Sabbath with like, oh, like holy, oh, we're meeting on a holy day. It's just the seventh. They're just saying we're meeting on the seventh day. Yeah, it was the day of worship, but... Sabbath really just means holy. It's all, I mean, means uh, seventh. Amen. Uh, changes how I thought about it, how they said it, and their language and whatnot. Um, but we know this, and, and we've brought this out before, and, and I know everybody, I believe, knows this, that uh, all kinds of studies across the board, you could go anywhere on the Internet and find this. Christian sources and non-Christian sources alike, science shows that our bodies need one day of rest a week. That doesn't always work. <laughs> but, but scientifically, we are biologically, we, we, we perform at our best when we have one day of rest a week. There's lots of studies, but just seven quick things. It keeps your brain sharper. It helps you uh, to be more creative. You'll get more done in less time. You'll make better decisions. It actually helps prevent illness. 
Uh, you catch up on sleep, amen. I can't wait for that. You have uh, time to review and reflect. Just, just, just a few, just few rough things. But those all turn into pretty big things. Uh, God made it, gave us a clear example of resting on the seventh day. I'm thankful that He gives us examples that we can live by, amen. But God knew that our bodies needed a day of rest one day a week. So as a good parent does, he literally, by example, rested on the seventh day. And without a doubt, the Old Testament saints, I mean, they, they rested on the seventh day. Uh, if for anything, it was out of principle for, what, for how, what Jesus set as an example for resting on the seventh day. But it wasn't just out of principle for that. It was a commandment. The Jews were commanded to rest on the seventh day. Uh, look at um, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15 says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. He's literally saying to keep the seventh day day man if God made it so clear not just by principle but but also by command to the Jews why are we not meeting on the seventh day when it seems pretty I mean we can draw some scriptures here and say wow it's Bible to meet on the seventh day but let's let's take a step back and who who was exactly commanded to keep the Sabbath day who is commanded to keep the Sabbath day? The Jews. That's who the command was to. Not particularly Old Testament saints, but to the Jews. And with that in mind, with that in the back of our mind, let's take a step off to the side, grab a different perspective of this message. And let's look at this from another point of view. Um, turn to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. While you're turning there, can I ask you this? What was the most important moment in all of mankind's history? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the most important moment, day in all of mankind's history was the resurrection. That moment absolutely changed everything. Christ had come and had fulfilled the law. There was no need for the law anymore. That's a massively important day in the law that was given to a specific group of people there's a there's a mindset that 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 i think it gets gets lumped into to, to bible conversation that um all the law was before the cross and 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 we're not under law anymore well yeah right the law was before the cross but it wasn't like before the cross the law was yeah before the cross to the jew to the jews it was not to everybody God just gave the law to the Jews, specifically. And in doing so, that pointed a spotlight on our sin and our need for a Savior. It literally schooled us. It was literally our schoolmasters to show the importance of the coming spotless Lamb. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. 
Turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. We'll turn just a few times this evening. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. The law was given for a time and for a purpose. It was literally to usher in the coming Messiah, and it was really to given to, 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 to his people that he brought out, he called out, he literally called out, made essentially a race of people through Abraham. There was no Jews before. Abraham wasn't Jewish. But God created the Jews out of him. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Look at this, Colossians, this is Paul talking to New Testament Christians. He's saying, hey, don't let men judge you on the Sabbath days or holy days. Look, look at verse 7, he says, which are a shadow of things to come, uh, but the body is of Christ. You don't have to turn there, but Romans 6, 14 says, for sin should not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Here's a powerful statement that I heard in a message. I wrote it down. The Sabbath was a shadow of the redemption that would be provided in Christ. It symbolized rest from our works. I want to say that again because it's a packed statement. The Sabbath, which is talking about the seventh day where they, amen, they, they worship. The Sabbath was a shadow of the redemption that would be provided in Christ. It symbolized Rest from our works. I'm telling you that the Seventh-day Adventists missed it. There's no more need for a sacrifice. The Lamb has come. And you might say, well, they're they're not saying we need to sacrifice on an altar. They're not even saying uh, uh, we need to be underneath the whole law. They're just saying that God commanded under that law that we should meet on the Sabbath and Here's the thing. And here's what they miss. We're not Jews. And if we were, Jesus fulfilled the law. We're not under it. So not only are we not Jews, a specific people for a specific time, and a law given for a specific people in a specific time, but we're Gentiles. And really, as far as salvation goes, we're neither Jew nor Gentile. We're just the body of Christ. Amen. But why would we keep the Sabbath on the seventh day when Jesus himself gave us a consistent pattern of worshiping on the first day of the week? You say, well, well, in Scripture we have this, this pattern of the Sabbath on the seventh. The Sabbath is the seventh. And God commanded them. So don't we want to live by principle? I'm all about living by principle. But there was a change made when that spotless lamb came to this earth and he sacrificed himself. There was a change made. And uh, I want to say redemptive history, but there's a change made in history. That's literally the pinnacle of everything for mankind. And something changed that day. And Jesus made it real clear uh, uh, through principle what that change was. And we're going to go through that right now. 
Turn to uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. First of all, Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. Now, that alone, in my opinion, is worthy enough to say, hey, let's worship the Lord on the first day of the week. He rose from the grave on the first day of the week. That's, that's reason enough alone. That, that's, that's the single most important and memorable event uh, ever for all of mankind. And you might be like me and your thoughts start running in your mind and you might be like, what was the most memorable event in all of mankind? You might think the first time that Adam had bacon. Pretty memorable. The first time Adam saw Eve. Memorable. But it's not. It was the resurrection. Amen. <laughs> Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Look at this. Now when Jesus was risen early the what? The first day of the week. He appeared uh, first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. So on the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary. First day of the week it was when he arose from the dead. Jump to John chapter 20, verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 19. Uh, then the same day at even, evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. First day of the week, Jesus rose from the grave. They're meeting and fellowshipping, and Jesus comes in unto them. When is it? The first day of the week. It wasn't on the Sabbath day. They were meeting on the Sabbath day. They were meeting the first day of the week. Jesus rose the first day of the week. Jesus also met with the disciples in the succeeding first days of the week after his resurrection. Look at John chapter 20, verse 25, just a few verses later. It says, The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, this is talking about Didymus, Dotting Thomas, Except I, see, I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger into the print of uh, the nails, and thrust my hand into the side, I will not believe. Then it says, After eight days, again, his disciples were within uh, and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, said, Peace be with you. After eight days, you say, Wait a minute. There's only seven days in a week. Right. So, so when you're telling a story, you could easily say eight days because you're like, Man, he was there on su- Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Because we met on Sunday, eight days ago. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, it's Sunday again when they met again. Depending on how you're talking about it, right? In our culture, we would normally just say uh, seven days ago. But if you include that day where they met, it's eight days. That's what he's saying here. No contradiction. Turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 7. A few scriptures, and we'll close. A few scriptures, and we'll close. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. The early, not only did Jesus rise from the dead, and he led captivity captive on the first day of the week, but the early church met regularly on the first day of the week. Look at this, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, notice, notice it's not the s- Sabbath, what they would call the seventh. It's the first day. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continue his speech until midnight. All of a sudden, my messages are looking pretty short now, aren't they? Ha, ha, ha. Turn to Revelation, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Having scripture behind me is so helpful because it really, like, you guys are almost all there every time. That is so cool. 
1 Corinthians 62, upon when? The first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Turn to Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, we have uh, John the Revelator acknowledging the first day of the week as the Lord's day. John the Revelator closing the canon of Scripture. Amen. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10 says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Turn to Hebrews 10.25. So as we start to close this message, by Jesus resurrecting on the first day of the week and his continued appearances on the succeeding Sundays and the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, guess what? That was on the first day of the week. Amen. The New, the New Testament church was now given the pattern of Sundays for worship. Hebrews 10.25, Now forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I want to point something out here. Paul didn't say the first day of the week, but rather ourselves together. He didn't say not forsaking uh, the assembling of ourselves the first day of the week. And that's not what he said. He said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. He didn't say when. He didn't, he's not talking about, hey, if you don't assemble on the first day of the week. He's just talking about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. What I'm saying, it's not necessary that we meet on Sundays. It's just a pattern of honoring the resurrection and the pattern of our early church fathers. We can meet whenever we want to and God will bless it. Matthew 18, 20, we all know this, where two or more are gathered together in my, in my name, there am I in the midst. You know, the men are going to be meeting here tomorrow. God's going to be there. When we meet in the name of God, in, in his name, he's there in the midst. We meet on Sundays because we're just honoring the resurrection, man. That's what the early fathers were doing, man. Uh, Jesus did great things on the first day of the week. Jesus set a pattern of first, uh, uh, the first day of the week. He, he made it really clear. Amen. He was, he, he was he's blessing them uh, for, for honor them on the, uh, honoring the first day of the week, the resurrection Sunday. He never said you have to meet on Sundays. It's like tithing. He never said you have to tithe. Mm, a lot of principles saying you should tithe. But he never said you have to. Jesus didn't command the New Testament church to say, hey, you have to meet on Sundays. Paul never said that. Jesus never said that. God's in our presence every time that we meet in his name. And Paul made it clear, too, that whenever that we assemble for worship, we shouldn't be pulling back in our attendance. But going more to the house of God, assembling more for the cause of Christ and not less. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. When is that? When we meet. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more, not the less. But so much the more. As we see the day approaching. The world has so many reasons for us to just not go to church. 
The world has so many reasons for us to not be part of a ministry. The world has so many reasons. So many darts are being thrown, blocking our paths for this and that. And there's a lot of good reasons to not serve the Lord on every level. Church attendance, ministry, whatever it is. And I'm speaking to the, the core of the church. These are the workers we're talking to. But Paul said even back then, man, we shouldn't be meeting less. We should be meeting more, exhorting ourselves all the more. Why do we meet on Sundays? One, because we can. <laughs> Amen. We have liberty to meet whenever we want. Two, we're not Jews. We're no longer under the law. It honors the resurrection. Jesus met with the disciples on the first day of the week in his resurrected body. I mean, these are great reasons to meet and worship. And I love worshiping on Sundays. I'm all for it. The Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, gave all these spiritual gifts to men. It was awesome. First day of the week. When all of our church fathers, uh, early church fathers, New Testament fathers, worshipped on the first day of the week. Jesus, his resurrected body, the first day of the week. Twelve disciples.